USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of message and music. Music? Route it through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie effort. Bringing you news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. I like that Wookie. And now your hosts, Brett, Ken, Derek, and Mike. And welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It's Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. Uh, Vicky's not with us this week uh, because we're just going to say it. Happy belated birthday. Uh, she's off celebrating this this weekend, and good for you. So how are you guys doing? Great. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, just got done watching Rebels. Oh, what an episode. What yeah. an episode. Um, we got quite a bit of news. We got some comic news. We got some movie news. We got Rebels to talk about. So let's jump right in and talk rebels um initial thoughts of the first first episode i loved it I, yeah that was that was great it was, it was um, amazing it was cool getting the actual beginning the opening movie on the actual opening of the show and not getting it in the middle of the summer and then having to wait four months to actually see the show yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I like that um i thought it was an interesting twist how uh ezra getting a little aggressive there for a good part of the show now yeah then you come find out he's He's been using the uh, um, Sith holocron. The Sith holocron, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I love that. Well, they teased that a lot at the end of the last season. Yeah, so that, I think that's going to be a through line for this entire season because we already know Sam Witwer is coming back as Darth Maul at some point this season. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the preview for upcoming episode? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's coming back next week in the next. Oh, episode. nice. Yeah. So, well, it was cool too how uh, Steve Stanton was back as Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he does yeah. an excellent Tarkin, too. Yeah, he does. He really does. Yeah. Uh, Thrawn. Uh, oh, that was awesome. My. Thrawn is officially back as canon. Yes. Yeah. And this was the perfect tease for Thrawn, because you really don't get to see who Thrawn truly is in this episode. Right. No. No. You get, to see you get a little, little bit, bit of a tease for it, Yeah. And it, so they can develop him slowly over a couple of episodes. And, and, and I'm liking that they brought him in pre-trilogy, instead of uh, how we f- were first introduced to him with Shadows of the Empire. Well, no, uh, he wasn't in Shadows. Not Shadows. Uh, he was in the Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire. Yeah, Heir to, yeah, the, Heir Empire. to the Empire. Yeah. Um, it was Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, Last Command. So, so now we get to now we get to see what. Um, yeah, but the, I thought the action figure character when Kenner did him was part of the Shadows trilogy. No, Shadows of the Empire was just one book. Yeah, and of course the video game. Yeah, yeah. well, they had comic books and stuff like that too, but there was one yeah. novel. Yeah. Um. So, but but still, I, I'm liking him. He because now we get to see how he he really played out w- with the rest of the um, hierarchy of the empire mm-hmm. and, and how it could lead to where we get to at the end of the series. Mm. Yeah. Now, with, with well, Eric you got to remember empire. on this one, I don't think he's um, the he's yeah. at the age now that he would have been when they did the Air of the Empire. I think they just moved him forward 
in the series because um, with where he was at during in the original ones, he would have been he would not have been a Grand Admiral at this point. Yeah, uh, still possible. So I'm thinking could have it's possible, but no, I think they're I think what they're doing is they're just moving him ahead thirty years, okay, twenty but, years, or wherever the timeline sets it. Yeah, but I thought Heir to the Empire took place right after the destruction of the second Death Star. Yeah, no, it was five years later, so it's actually they were what ten years ahead of where he would have been. So they're just moving him up possibly. ten years in the timeline. Possible, yeah. So, um, so yeah, some highlights. Um, what, what was stuff y'all liked about about this particular episode? Well, like I told you guys before, for some reason I just got really excited when I saw the Y wings. Oh, I have oh, no yeah, idea. They were beautiful. I just something about that just really. And they and they weren't the Y wings from from the Clone Wars, even though they made reference to them being the Y wings from the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. These Y wings were more of what we know now and what was done in the original trilogy not what they used during the the clone wars because the clone right. wars um the the neck was totally different yeah well those were like first generation y-wings and these ones they never showed them on the clone wars at all and they were never in the movie right correct no these were in the movie no these were these they, were no no i'm talking about in um revenge of the sith right right these we, ones we, were after that so yeah and then when they when uh at the end when they said that they're going over to uh dodana there oh yeah we know what, we cool. know what planet those are going to yes we do maybe this explains why there's only a few Y-Wings in the um, initial Battle of Yavin. That's exactly what I was thinking. So it kind of well, all ties it together nicely. Mm-hmm. Well, they've already said for this season of Rebels, they're going to um, tie a lot more stuff together. They've already mentioned that this was a small Rebel cell, not part of the larger group. Right. And um, they've all, they've confirmed 100% always that um, this is this season's going to look more like Rogue One also. Yeah, right. So they're tying the universe together, which is awesome. Instead of, and uh, they're slowly going to answer some of the questions we've always had. Mm. Right. Well, I, I I found it was interesting. Um, the A wings. Uh, we we saw the introduction season two of the B wing. Uh, the A wing yep. seemed to have been the the primary ship, which we weren't really introduced to it until Return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. Uh, same with the B wing, but apparently been around the fleet for quite some time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you brought up. You know, they're heading they're heading to Yavin. Well, if you go on the original theatrical release of Star Wars, the the attack on the Death Star that was that was minor. I mean, that was a small, mm-hmm. small ragtag group, kind of what they're talking about they're building right now, but it's right. growing. With the special editions, there was like three, four flight groups of, yeah. you know, three, four wings of, of, of Y-wings and X-wings. And, well, yeah. You got to think, mean, it, if it you go back to the, um, the way the Death Star was designed, the way it was written, that um, it didn't matter how many fighters were attacking it, it only took one torpedo to take it down. So you could have had one fighter sneak in and drop the torpedo to take it out of the Death Star. Right. All right. So, but to say you know there's they're only taking the five to, to Yavin. Uh, actually, I think they're they're being taken. Oh, what was the um, what was the where were the rebel factories kept? The rebel fact? I don't know. The um the rebel right. base for Dodonna's rebel base was on Yavin. Yeah. I don't know about the um maybe Dantooine. So that was an old rebel base. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, um, but um the cool thing is be, showing that um they keep sh- pointing out that the rebels is all these cells are not actually a cohesive unit. That would explain why why A wings and B wings are actually out there, but we don't see him until Return of the Jedi, because by the time they get to Return of the Jedi, that's when the fleet has become one right. unified force fighting 
against the Empire. Right. And, and, and and I, I love it took that. that long. Because I, I love so I love the idea that they got the B wings and then they sent them off to somebody to a certain group and then they they just got the Y wings. They're going to send them off to Yavin. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, instead of it's still small we, groups. Yeah, and we haven't seen X wings yet. I think right. they're doing that on purpose. I think they're so holding too, those yeah. off for something really really special. Yeah, but I mean, we got the Y wings now. The 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 whole sub story with uh, with Kanan and, oh, and that's Bindu. where I was going next. <laughs> that was awesome. Did y'all catch who the voice of Bendu was? Oh yeah, I knew who it was already. I knew going into oh. this one because they announced it last or right. We talked summer. about it already, didn't we? we yeah, we, we talked a about it a little bit. bit. I think with having Tom Baker. Yeah, yeah. At first, when I first heard it, I'm like, I thought they said they got Tom Baker. This sounds like Connery, Sean Connery <laughs> a little bit. Um, but maybe he threw a little bit of a, a Connery twist to it. But oh, what a love that whole sequence. Yeah. Well, it's another one that this episode did a good job of teasing this because he was only on screen, what, maybe three minutes? He says like about maybe seven or eight lines. Mm. Uh, I thought it was on. If you actually more. go back and look at it, it's a very short amount of time that he's on screen talking. Right. Right. If he he says a lot with that. What little he says is what it is. Yeah. So it feels like it's a lot longer. But if yeah. you actually look at screen time and how many lines he has, it's very, very minor, which is great because then they can tease this since they're still on the same planet. They could tease that he'll go back, come back later to um, impart some more further knowledge. And of course, the, the name of this episode is called Steps into the Shadow or Steps into mm-hmm. Shadow. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, they start off with the mission going to go rescue Hondo and, uh, and an Ugnaught that ends up getting blasted. <laughs> I love seeing the Ugnaughts, too. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's one thing I noticed on this episode was there's a lot of um, stormtroopers. Like a lot of the other episodes, you see them get smashed against walls and stuff. There's a lot of them that flew off the uh, here into obviously going to be totally dead. Yeah. Well, you know? Yeah. Well, and the whole there's no surviving that, flying off of this wreckage. Well, how about the how about the whole thing of um Ezra turning, you know, mind mind doing the whole mind trick thing with with the oh yeah that was awesome with the Walker pilot. oh yeah so um it was another one was this um I noticed that um the trailer we saw this summer I think it was the Comic Con trailer they played uh, um we saw just about every scene from that in this episode yeah mm. the only stuff we didn't see was the Mandalorian stuff and I'm assuming that'll be in the next uh, two or three episodes at the most so we get Possibly. we basically get to go into the season totally clean and not knowing where we're going from here right we we know. Ezra's bigger. You know he's been messing. Yeah. With, you know he's <laughs> yeah. been messing with the uh, um, the Sith with, holocron. The holocron. Yep. Uh, Although he doesn't, he doesn't have it anymore. True. Uh, we we know that um, Kanan's sight will not be coming back. That right. It's per, it's a permanent thing. He doesn't need it though. But he doesn't need we it. We find it's out just, that, about that. Right. It's, I, I hope we see more Bindu. Yeah. Oh yeah. As the season goes on, um, I, I maybe not every episode, but you know, I want to see him at least two, three more times. I mean, if they go full, if they go full series, twenty-two to twenty-four episodes, I would love to see them two, three more times. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So I definitely want to see more of them. Yeah, it'd be great to get more of just the philosophy of the dead center of the force. He's not light. He's not dark. Right. Um, oh, what what was the what did he say? Um, do you remember the line that um, he called the force, the light side and the dark side, something totally different? It was the Ashla and the something else. Yeah. If it, I remember right, the Ashla part of it is actually from one of the original screenplays. 
for A New Hope. Huh. Or it was from I'm the original so. concept ideas or something like that. And it had to yeah. do with actually the Jedi and stuff. Now um, That's where Bendu came from also. Now, after California, you know, of course, at the time that we're recording this, California is, is just now airing in California. Yeah. After after it airs in California, start by by the morning, definitely by Monday, uh, StarWars.com will have the, uh, the episode guide up with the trivia guide, with the um, concept art guide, and uh, okay. we'll, we can discuss that next week. So yeah. we could do the trivia guide for this week's episode next week um, since we recapped it and gave, given everyone a good shot at seeing it and we we'll do some of the other tidbits and then we'll discuss next week's episode next week and then the following week do the trivia guide. Um, so I think that's the game plan we're going to have with the show on recapping the episodes is uh, you know, pulling from StarWars.com you know, the, the resource that is the resource for that. Um, but I mean some of the Easter eggs that y'all caught. Ben Quadraneros was in this episode. Yes. Yes, he and was. And we got a Kitster reference. Yeah. <laughs> kinda. Kinda. Although, <laughs> it wasn't one I wanted to hear, but... Well, it's still a reference. It's a Dave Filoni reference to Kitster. Because you know Filoni wrote that in there because of the Where's Kitster movement. Uh-huh. Um, if you actually watch any of the panels that he's on, and uh, there's always someone that gets up on the mic and asks him, Where's Kitster? Yeah. Well, he's just answered it by putting in that lo- that one line of, it's totally wizard. Yeah. So, um, oh, there was a couple others I caught. Uh, I, I noticed the lightsaber change is more green. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah, a brand a new lightsaber handle. for him. Yeah, it's a whole new brand. He's actually got a separate lightsaber and blaster now. Yeah. Hey, hey, the blaster looked a lot like Hans. Yeah, that's the yeah. One other thing I was going to say. It looked like a D, uh, what was a D30 something? Uh, I don't know my weaponry that well. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but we also have, uh, um, but the lightsaber to me kind of looked like what Luke uses in Return of the Jedi. Very similar. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Very similar. I want to know how he learned how to build that thing. Because Kanan, the show at the beginning of this episode, how Kanan has basically secluded himself away from everybody else. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe so who we'll, taught him how to build a lightsaber? Maybe we'll get to that point. We'll find that out at some point. Well, remember he he was he did uh, season two. They, they was it season two? No, season one. There one or two. We see how he builds the saber when they go in. Oh yeah, yeah. He had that's actually right, built, yeah. um, the staple gun. The staple gun lightsaber he actually yeah. built. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. that was an interesting concept for a um, new type of lightsaber. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Blaster the execution was gun. a little weird, but it was a good concept. A new well, cool I, idea. Lightsaber they were in stun gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's obviously not stunning the enemy anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. the, the body count for Ezra Bridger is climbing rapidly, which is yeah. interesting for what's technically a kid's show. Yeah. And not just, not just the, bo- the body count itself, but the way that he was wiping them out. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, Very. Mike, with the, with the walker and the, there's some definite, you can definitely see some of the dark side in him now. Yeah. Yeah. He's been touched by the darkness at least, if not mm-hmm. a little bit more. I want to know who the voice inside the holocron was. What Sith Lord was that? I know, right? I don't know. That was a female voice, and we've not—I don't think we've seen a female Sith, actual Sith yet, because Asajj was never actually fully Sith. No. Well, well technically, neither was. Uh, well, Grievous what was never. Grievous was never Force sensitive. No, no. he just used. He had just learned how to use lightsabers. Yeah. yeah. That he got off his victims. He figured he had these trophies. He wanted to know how to use them, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But even then, I think he was still—he was kind of clumsy with them. I think, like. Well, yeah, they showed that that um, if he didn't have all the um, droid enhancements, he would not have been able to keep up with any of the Jedi. Yeah. 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 Um... 
See, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn is the voice of Governor Pierce, or Price. Okay. Uh, Lars Mickelson is the voice of Thrawn, which was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nika Futterman, voice of Presence. Would that be the voice of the Comicron? Uh, yeah, that's got to be the Holocron voice. And it's kind of cool that they did not give her an actual name. They just said the Presence. Yeah. Presence. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I loved when, um, when the station was going down, the the, sa- the salvage station was going down, and uh, they they brought the ghost in to to help rescue Ezra. Oh yeah, just Kanan just says let go. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like oh, oh, it was almost like they both he was saying it for for Ezra and saying it for himself that he's got to let go as well. Mm. Yeah. So I I was first episode I, I was pleased. I can't I can't wait. Um, I, I'm going to be watching it in the morning with my daughter because uh, you know, that's just something that we do is we yeah. can watch it when we can and um so we're gonna watch it tomorrow and i just can't wait for uh to see her reactions to everything. Mm-hmm. The, this is this is what's fun about watching Rebels. You know, having having a kid watching watching Star Wars is you know, my love. You know, we obviously our love's there, or we wouldn't have the show. But the uh, but to see it through her eyes as well, and have her asking questions and sitting there going, well, "Just wait, just wait." Mm-hmm. I don't know because I'm seeing <laughs> it for the first time too. It, it's it's cool. Now, if you can't wait to see the next episode, uh, quite possibly before maybe starting Monday. You might be able to see episode two on Disney XD on demand, or or watch Disney XD online or on your mobile device. They're gonna start doing that again. They show debuted at eight thirty on Saturday night. Uh, I was watching it at two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Ah, Ooh. yeah. I know. I know. In the past, I have watched it a week. I have. I had seen the episode a week before the premiere because it, it. Yeah, was they did a, that on um, the first season. They did that. I don't know it, why, but they. Did decided to do that. They did that on purpose to give it an um, online exclusive. I think it was to try to drive people to the um, apps and the website. But they, but they also did it too, second half of the year, last year. Second half of the season. Okay. So Except for the finale. Yeah, I'm not happy about the second half of the season last year, but that's that's yeah. something between Amazon and Disney. But that, that uh, but that's the second half of this. But the season finale, they they didn't do. Yeah. Because they they're, they pur- they purposely, just like season one, they purposely didn't do it to, to build the hype. Yeah. And leave everything. Well, they don't they also didn't want anything leaking out that it actually was in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, w- I will say something I caught at the beginning, um, but I also kind of got tipped off uh, from Big Shiny Robot about it as well. Filoni's no longer supervising director. Yeah, I read... Did you read through the whole article? I did. You want, okay. you want to take this? It's up to you. I can. I read right, through it too. Um, go ahead. Basically, the, the gist of it was um, Justin Ridge is now the supervising director of Clone Wars. Now, this... They said um, here, and actually, um, Lucasfilm and Disney both have um, confirmed that um, Filoni's not going anywhere. He's still just as involved creatively and stuff and um, Justin Ridge is now um, basically stepping into where Filoni officially was and it looks like this Justin Ridge is a, is a guy that's worked with Filoni before. He's worked in the writer's room. He's um, directed episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels but um, they're going to take more of a role of where Filoni is stepping up to where Lucas George Lucas was for Clone Wars with Filoni working directly under him. Well this is what Filoni's doing with Ridge. Ridge is now going to be basically mentoring under Underneath Filoni and allowing Filoni to do some other creative things with um, and looking to the future of uh, um, Star Wars animation.
information is what they're saying here. Well, I'm I, wondering, specu- pure speculation, what's the chances that Filoni's looking at more than just the animation and he's taking a larger role in the story group? Or maybe he's looking to um, one of these upcoming anthology films or maybe even episode nine. How awesome would it be to have Filoni heading an f- actual feature film? I think Filoni has always been a part of story group. Yeah. Um, because they, they said, you know, story group is a, it's almost a panel or a committee. Yeah. Quote unquote. Filoni, I think, has been a part of that from the get go. Well, um, if he wasn't, they made a huge mistake because this is the guy that actually was trained by Lucas how to tell Star Wars yeah. stories. Right. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking, I don't think feature film. I'm thinking he's going to be the Joe Casada of Lucasfilm. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. Casada. I'm is, wondering if he's not already. Casada. He has been for a while. Possibly, well, yeah. Casada not only is, you know, the main guy in charge of Marvel animation, but he's also in charge of Marvel television. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kevin Feige. I thought, Jeff Loeb, I thought Jeff Loeb was in charge of the television. Maybe. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Jeff Loeb. Yeah. Um, okay. He's so he'd the, basically be the, um, he's the Jeff Johns. The, no, he's going to be the Jeff Loeb of, okay. of Lucasfilm. Yeah. I think he's going to be the guy in charge of Star Wars television. Because remember, there's still talk of a live action TV series coming to ABC. Right. Yeah. He's, there's still talk of potentially a live action series coming to Netflix. That I think that's going to be him because Loeb is you know Loeb's name is on as you know head of Marvel Television, which includes the the cartoons, which includes Shield, which includes the Netflix stuff. I mean that's all under Loeb, not not Feige. Yeah. So uh, I think that's now now that Marvel Studios are separate. Um, I don't see Lucasfilm going that way. I don't see Lucasfilm Television, Lucasfilm Studios as two, no, sev- they've two done separate so things. Mu- they've done so much work to make the canon all one story that I don't think I don't see them separating it at this point no no, no way no well it, Marvel's got the same thing I mean the cinematic universe and the TV and you know Netflix and Sh- and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. it's all one universe it's just two different the studios is handling their stuff television is handling their stuff yeah television still under falls under Marvel Entertainment which is the comics and, and TV Marvel Studios is is just the movies yeah but see Lucas is the only company it, as far as I know the only property out there that is 100% all the same canon at this point. The comic books, the movies, the video games, the novels, all of it. I think so. The only thing that's separate yeah, is Lego. Right. I think the only thing that's separate is Lego because Lego makes that Lucasfilm does not. Right. right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because Warner Brothers isn't canon nope. with, with no. any of their stuff. Um, it, but, well, the nice thing with that is that, like I've said on the other shows so many times that the DC fans are used to the multiverse so you can have everything separate and still be in the same overarching universe because it's all just part of the same multiverse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Marvel is, but the, the one thing that isn't exactly canon with, I mean, it's close and they use elements, but the one thing that's not exactly canon with, with the with the live action is the animation. Yeah. So, right, yeah. but, I mean, it's close enough. So. I mean, think what other properties are as wide ranging as um, the comic books or Star Wars, like Star Trek? That's not, I mean, they're trying to get it together somewhat with the new continuity, with the new movies. Because I guess the books, since um, the new movies have started coming out, the books have all fallen, fallen 
Grand Canyon, but it's still right. nowhere near as broad as the way Star Wars is. No, um, yeah. but, I mean, you could look to but the any original, of the sci-fi franchises that have books, but they're not canon with the actual um, TV series or movies or anything. Yeah, but the but the original movies for Star Trek are still canon. It's just yes. with the it's just with the Abrams reboot. It, we're now hitting a an alternate universe. Yeah, alternate, but the, alternate yeah, universe. But the, alternate books, yeah. but the books in the publishing side of it has never been can- part of that same canon. No, no, and, no. And the publishing it, canon has never been part of canon with itself. It right. contradicts itself all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to make the same comment. Or I'm gonna make this comment, and if people don't like it, uh, email me at Wookie Radio or at Wookie at WeebyGeeks.net or Mike at WeebyGeeks.net. But it, if you look at the Star Wars expanded universe novel-wise, it wasn't consistent either. It was much more consistent than Star Wars, but there were problems in it. Yes, there, yeah, there yeah, I agree with that. Chewbacca was killed. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bring that up. <laughs> and, then, and then they, and then some novels that come out, which the timeline is supposedly after Chewbacca's killed. Chewbacca's in the story. Mm. Which ones were those? Uh, I don't remember right offhand, but I, I'm because I didn't read those. But I know if I remember right, um, he, remember they, he was in some stories it. afterwards, but they actually took place before the on Vong War. Like kind of like yeah, they were pretty tight on the stuff that happened after um, Return of the Jedi. Now, when they started adding Clone Wars books and the Mandalorian books and things like that, that's where things got a little jumbled up. But most of the stuff that came after Return of the Jedi was a pretty linear, good story. See, I, the, what I was being told by friends who were reading those books is that you know, it didn't make sense that timeline wise, this is all taking place after Chewbacca was killed, and yet he's in the stories. Yeah, I need I need some more. I would need some more so information I, on that because I, I don't remember mm-hmm. anything where Chewbacca was brought was still in anywhere unless but, he was in a book that happened afterwards but it was like a flashback type of deal it could have been like i yeah, said it might have I, been. Did, I didn't read the books i'm just going on secondhand information uh, yeah because most of the books that came play after he had died actually had leia as the co-pilot of the falcon yeah but she took chewbacca's place there but obviously with force awakens yeah <laughs> most of the expanding universe can be uh, after chewbacca well, being killed goes by the wayside <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Chewbacca lives. A lot of, um, well, all of that was set to the side when um, they took the expanded universe out and made it Legends. Which, but they've shown time and time again that they can grab characters and bring them in anytime they want. Obviously, yeah. with Grand Earl Thrawn here, they were talking about on Rebels. Yeah, right. They didn't kill all the, all of it. They just now they set it aside, and it's like a library where you can reference it anytime. A reference library is what you could look at it as. Yeah, right. Because there's still some it, good ideas they can. Yeah. They can. Now, now going back to to the premiere episode. Do either one of you two guys when Kanan's walking goes where are you I come out you know that whole bit either one of y'all expecting shock T to come out actually when I first heard him talking it almost sounded like Yoda yeah that's what I thought too I was like I thought it was Yoda I was thinking well, maybe he was communing with Yoda again or um he didn't commute no yeah he communed with Yoda yes he did yeah in the temple mm-hmm. so I was thinking it was Yoda again me too I I was thinking shock T and I was going back to uh force unleashed okay because remember she she makes she's one of the Jedi's in Force Unleashed. Uh, well, the only other Jedi in Force Unleashed besides Star Killer that we see. And of course, Star Killer. I have that her. now. I have not played it yet. Ah, uh, sorry to spoil that. That's okay. <laughs> well, you got to remember though, the Force Unleashed and all those games are part of Legends now. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If but, I remember, right, they actually in Clone Wars they showed shot either it was Clone Wars or one of the movies they showed Shakti dying. No, she died in the no. deleted scene from Episode Two. Um, but I believe in the no, Clone Wars episode. she was brought back in the Clone Wars because that. 
the deleted scene obviously isn't canon. Well, no, um, she, she but was. I believe she they did do her death on the Clone Wars. Yeah, she lives in the Clone Wars. Okay, uh, let me bring up the wiki on her just to see where's Wikipedia yeah. when I need it. Yeah, she, well, I, she lives I in the Clone Wars. Season six of Clone Wars yet, so I can't. Okay, I yeah, can't say she's still alive there. They yeah, uh, they she, she was now Grievous. There was a deleted scene where Grievous kills her in Revenge of the Sith in Episode three. Yeah, and that was I know that there was, was a deleted cut. scene in one of them where she died. Uh, episode three, there was the deleted scene, but they they scratched it because she she appears later in the film. But I, she's not killed at the end of the movie. We don't see her die during Order sixty six. Okay, well let me look it up here on Wikipedia. Let me find the search here. We'll find out exactly so, where, according to them, where she's. Uh, <laughs> warning: This wiki contains spoilers. I wonder why. <laughs> okay, where's the search bar on this one? Right. Oh, there it is. So, um, there we go. There, there she is. According to this, she, um, yeah, she made her as a apprentice to start to kill her, engage a battle, and injured Shakti, toppled into the ancient abyss. There's her official biography has her as he's on Camino. Wow, they have a lot of information on Shakti. A lot of it's from um, comic books and Battle of Coruscant. Legacy. Uh, yeah, according to the the official Wiki, Wikipedia, um, Starkiller knocked her into the abyss, and that's the last you see of her. Yep. So yeah, the, from um, Force Unleashed is the um, death they actually go with. Yeah, but like you said, wasn't that a race or made? It, it, it's the legend stat. Well, yeah, that's all part of legends yeah. now. So yeah. it's something they can bring in, or they could bring her in now. Either way, but, but they, right. but even they were saying at the time that Force Unleashed was not even canon to the Expanded Universe. No, it wasn't. The Expanded officially. Universe was Expanded Universe. So... Yeah. But still, well, when, when, when there's no true definition of what happened to her, and the only thing we could go with is, you know, Force Unleashed with her, um, I would say there's a possibility she's still there. Aha! Uh-huh. Wait, I just found Wikipedia has changed their thing. They actually, at the top of the character page, you can switch canon or legends. That was the legends. According to canon uh-huh. here, it's says here, um, Shakti appeared to Yoda and Dagobah, um, where was it? End of the war, it says, um, at the end of the Clone War, Shakti failed to prevent General Krivis from slipping on, slipping onto Coruscant and capturing, ah, kidnapping Chancellor Palpatine. T was killed by Darth Vader during the attack on the Jedi Temple as she meditated. Really? According to Wikipedia and according to canon in Wikipedia, that's um, that was the end of Shakti. That's kind of lame. Yeah, that's kind of a sad way to go out, but... Okay, see, in, in this... Even this is misleading, because at the end of the Clone Wars, which is what we see at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, Shakti prevented mm-hmm. General Gra- failed to prevent General Grievous from slipping into Coruscant and kidnapping Palpatine. Okay. Yeah. Which we, we kind of saw in the micro-series. Because but the micro-series was nowhere near canon. Uh, well, it wasn't until they made the actual Clone Wars series. The the, the five 12-minute episodes were probably more canon than than the five, uh, or the, the 12 six-minute, or 12 three-minute episodes. Episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think Lucas, obviously, when he made the Clone Wars, he had wiped those out when he made the actual Clone Wars series. Yes. And you got to no. remember, clo- um, re- everything that I've ever heard that Lu- George Lucas, when he was considering his canon, was the six movies and the Clone Wars. That was it. Right. Right. Then the, then the expanded 
universe was everything underneath that. Right. And then you got the like fan expanded universe and stuff like that farther down the list. But like I said, the the, the five 12 minute episodes do help set up Revenge of the Sith because that's when we see the kidnapping of the Emperor. Yeah. It set that up. But that's why I was like confused when, when Amidala tells Anakin, I'm pregnant. I was like, well, you did that in the micro series. Yeah. That's where, that's where stuff like um, Lucas not considering that canon at all. Right. That's where that comes in. Lucas, so, um, that, for the fans, we already knew that it seemed, had seen it happen. George Lucas, he said, no, this is the way I want to tell it. So I, w- I would just ass- canceling that out. I would assume that fifth and final micro series episode of the 12 minute or, or the final, the final episode, episode 17, which would have been the last one showing the kidnapping of the emperor. That would probably be the only one that's canon. Depend- yeah. As long as it doesn't, um, con- um, it does, as long as it doesn't conflict with anything else we already know. Right. So and then at any point they can change it still, you know, but then, right. but then, so are they, are they now saying, uh, T was killed by Darth Vader during the attack? Okay. That's, that's according to Canon at the, at this point. Maybe they they, do. I don't think they ever actually showed that obviously. Yeah. No. Yeah. But her, her body. Oh, now we got to look at the end. Look at that whole sequence. See if her body's laying there. Cause I no, thought well, I heard, I thought I heard laying there, there somewhere, but. That uh, body yeah, I don't think you're going to see it. This could have been also the story group, like Leland Chi, Chi or um, Pablo Hidalgo, telling the, um, adding this to canon to stop people from asking where's she at, where's she at, where's she at. This finally they came up with the answer of okay, Vader took her out in the temple. Right. Yeah. But they never actually you remember, actually showed it. Yeah. You got to remember at the conventions they hear the same question at every convention all the way across the world. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Until they actually make a decision about it. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure they're going to hear it again at at celebration. Orlando next year. Exactly. So, um, but still, what what is the potential chance that we might see her in the series? Or what's the potential <laughs> chance um, of of seeing any other Jedi's from the movie from the movies in the series? Uh. Personally, I kind of hope they don't. Yeah, I kind of do too. Because we, if we, if we see more, too many more Jedi, we run the risk of making of cheapening what happened to the Jedi. Right. Because if all the Jedi were killed and Vader's been hunting them for twenty or fifteen to twenty years, why are there still so many out there? Either he was a terrible job at it, or the whole thing with Luke being the last one, they were way off the mark on this. Because you got to remember when Yoda's training him, tells him straight up, "You are the last of the Jedi." Right. So at some point, as far as Yoda knows, and we. We've seen Yoda can commune with other Jedi even across light years and light years of distance. He would know, or he should know, if there's anybody else out there actually actively using the Force. Right. Now, according to canon known survivors of Order 66. Well, we know that's actually not true because we have Obi-Wan, we have Yoda, um, we have Kanan here. Uh, but then again, you got to end around with Kanan and um, Ahsoka because Kanan was a Padawan. He wasn't a full Jedi. Ahsoka right. had left the Order. She was no longer a Jedi. Right. So how many others are out there? that? Because there were others that had left the Order. Well, you got Obi-Wan, you got uh, Luminara Undili, um, Master Yuvel, Yoda, the, the Grand Inquisitor, Kanan, <laughs> uh, Kanan, Ahsoka, uh, Zuban, Akinori, uh, Kondra, oh, I clicked on it, oh, I shouldn't have, uh, Mususul, and, and Nuge. 
Of course, you know, the, in parentheses next to most of these is initially. So at some point, they are killed because, you know, Order 66 has become a long-standing. Even the new troop stormtroopers that are not the clones still follow the Order 66 and see a Jedi kill a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, I mean... Who survives? Who you know? There's, there's still, uh, there's still a potential. Yeah, yeah. But they I, could always pull someone out. But like I said, you're looking at cheapening the idea that Luke is the only one. Yeah, if you I put agree, too many I agree out with there. you on that. Yeah, it shouldn't be like I don't want to see all these Jedi start popping up in guest appearances and stuff. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying see a bunch, but is there another one that's going that that could come out and you know assist Kanan with with Ezra? I think that's what the bend is. Uh, here for for this season. Yeah, that's what I, I would I love think. to see more of that. Where it's more of um, not Jedi and not Sith, but uh, more because we know the universe um, in this universe, the Force takes the place of magic in our fantasy universes. And um, right. there's more than in a, in a fantasy universe. There's more than just wizards and um, wizards and things that use magic. There's right, all these right. other things too that run for a different rules, but are using the same magic. And, and we know in um, Star Wars, there's more than just the Jedi and the Sith. You have the witches on Dathomir that are using the Force, but they're not. Jedi or Sith. There's other, um, the Bendu use the Force, but they're not Jedi or Sith. Right. The, um, so it'd be interesting to develop more of that. What other races are out there? And um, when it comes to the Force, you could look at it as a type of religion almost, Jedi and Sith. So what yeah. other versions of this religion are there? Right. Other people that believe and use the Force that um, and have access to the Force, but are not light side or dark side. They're whatever they decide, whatever they've learned to use it. Now, so, some of these Jedi that I mentioned who survived, uh, who are near the end of that list. Um, these these are char- are Jedi characters who appear in Star Wars Uprising, which, by the way, is going away November seventeenth. Okay, so they're shutting down Star Wars Uprising, the mobile game, uh, December seventeenth or November seventeenth. I think that's a Disney thing because Disney's been doing that with a lot of their different interactive things. Because yeah. I know you guys have covered that on um, Mighty Marvel Geeks about um, like Future Fight going away. No, yeah, no, uh, no, 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 not Future Alliance. Not Future Fight. Oh, that's it's the Avengers one. Alliance. It was, yeah. I knew it was one of them. Um, but. If, if they're if they're making if this is listed under canon, then that means Star Wars Uprising is canon. Yes, it is because they said oh, the video games as much as you can from a video game. The video games are part of canon, right? Yeah. The video games since they um, established the new canon, obviously. Right. Anything that came before was is in the Legends realm, right? So, so. Um. And I've gone cross-eyed. <laughs> no, right? you. you know, I'm wondering if the Bindu are like, um, you know, how in like Dungeons and Dragons, you have you have like your wizards and everything, and then you have like natural magic users. Who, yeah, like druids. Yeah, who can who don't learn spells and stuff, but they ha- they can do magic through because it's it's like a part of them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they are kind of like that. Maybe that's possible. If they if they they can use they don't they don't use the force learn the force the same way the Jedi and the Sith do if it's more like a natural part of them. Yeah, it's something like they've always had right. instead of learning to do it. Right. Which would also explain why they're more like neutral and balanced. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what other stuff from the expand- from the old legends there was. That There was other races in the in legends that they had discovered that could use the force or not use the force. Right. Yeah. Well, here- and um, the witches were the first ones on Dathomir. Those were the first ones I think they um, started messing
messing with that we're not either Jedi or Sith. Alright, here's what what Wikipedia says about the Bindu. The Bindu was a Force-sensitive individual who resided on the remote planet of Altolan and represented the center of the Force between the light side and the dark side. Uh, The Bindu encountered Jedi Knight Kanan Jarrus in years prior to the Battle of Yavin. Okay. Uh, the, The term Bindu first appears in the original script for Star Wars as the name of the Jedi Knights. Yes, they were the Jedi Tama, Bindu. The Jedi Bindu, yeah. Right. I, I just remembered the other um, Force users that are not Jedi or Sith. Remember the Mortis trilogy? The beings yeah. on Mortis appeared to be many other things, but they t- really, if you watch, they are not Jedi or Sith. Well... But they were completely um, created and made by the Force. Mm, well, they actually, I, I believe, personally, watching those, they were actually created by the Force. Right. They were more of a Force spirits, but they weren't Force spirits of anything that had ever actually lived. Well, you, you've also got uh, two from th- that we know of from Force Awakens that are Force sensitive, but they're not Jedi or or Sith. Wait, who are you talking? You talking about Kanata? No, she was never actually. Um, I don't think she actually was Force sensitive. She yes. knows of the Force and she knows how about what it is, but she never actually could uh, wield the Force. I don't think. No, she could. And um, who's the other one you're talking about? Lars Sandeka? No, Leia. Leia's not. Oh, Leia. Jedi, yeah, but she is Force sensitive. But she would be Jedi had she taken time to train. That's the thing. She actually is Force sensitive, yeah. but she can't actually use the Force, right. as far as we know. Now, she yeah. may have trained with the Jedi Order right. when Luke was building the Jedi. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But, I mean, I I, I think there is more to the Force-sensitive with Maz Kanata than, than we think, especially if the original concept in, in one of the deleted scenes shows her using the Force. Yeah. Uh, and, and it almost seems like there was, there was that nod, but she was trying not to, because she didn't want to tip her hat um, yeah. during, during the invasion of her of her temple. Well, um, actually, where we're going with all this right now is um, Pablo Hidalgo actually sent out a series of tweets, I think it was last week, that I heard on, I've not actually read them all, but he was talking about, um, someone had posed a question, was there a chance that Han Solo was force sensitive at some point? No. And um, it was, I don't remember, I wish I would have um, gone back and looked at it. It was like a series of 17 tweets that he went into. And it was the idea that um, it's been explored in the past that there's two different kind of forms or outlooks on the force. And we've seen that on um, The Phantom Menace, because um, Qui-Gon talked about the two different versions of the force. You had the living force, and you had um, the force that the Jedi were using. I forget what the other term was. Where the living force is always in motion, always moving, whereas what the Jedi are using and stuff is more of a linear type deal. Right. And um, or there's like a universal force that, or the living force, either way. One is, um, I am butchering this idea, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys, have you guys heard these ideas of the, the two different versions of the force? Mm, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. One of them is like what controls your destiny and um, you can't really affect it at all. It's always moving in one direction. Whereas the other version is what the Jedi are able to manipulate and do make changes to and things like that. That actually makes sense. So it's not two separate forms of the Force, but it's like two parts of the same thing. Right. So because the, they always talk about the will of the Force and um, allowing it to do what you it's supposed to do. Qui-Gon um, subscribed more to the living Force that's moving in one direction and it's going to do what it's going to do. Just allow it to happen. Whereas other Jedi were actively trying to manipulate and change the way things were. Um, Palpatine was manipulating the Force try- and changing future outcomes and things. It's two totally different outlooks on the way the Force works, and um, a lot of people see that the Force actually works in both ways. Right. Mm. And um, that, at that point, that's when you something like um, like a Han Solo. His, maybe he's still luck- obviously in the movies, you see how lucky he is. I mean, he's making stupid luck rolls on if you were playing a role-playing game. I mean, he's rolling perfect <laughs> 20 every time he sits down to um, make some 
some maneuver, and that could be because he is force. He could be force sensitive and never knew it, and the force is helping guiding what he's doing without his knowledge. Right. So I could see that. That's something that um good. Actually, that goes all the way back to the um, West End role playing games because um in the West End role play, did you guys ever play those old role playing games, the D six role playing games, or read any of the books? No. They had uh, in there a system that um if you did something fantastic that um you could get what's called force points. Then uh, you could use a force point to help increase your odds of um, successfully beating a challenge. Ah. But um, force-sensitive characters and non-force-sensitive characters could get force points, whether or not they were actually force-sensitive. So that's a concept that goes way back in the history of Star of um, the extended and expanded universes. And right. it looks like they're slowly moving it into... Um, they may be looking at doing moving it into the actual new canon. Hmm. So Now, this was a rabbit hole and a half. <laughs> <laughs> or a um, Dagobah cave. Yeah. yeah. So, well, Friday is uh, Force Friday. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to be insane. I mean, me personally, I don't have the urge to go out and try and get everything Friday night at midnight. No. No, 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 no. I am too old for that. <laughs> My butt's going to be in bed. But, and besides, with yeah, go ahead. It, stuff's going to be there afterwards. Yeah. You, you will get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to fly off the shelves like it did for um, Force Awakens. No, no. It's going to, some of the stuff is going to go quick, but there's going to be plenty. Yeah. 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 So, what stuff's coming out? Uh, what are you guys looking forward to getting? Well, actually, I put one on here that um, if you guys want to check this out, the Hasbro actually announced there's going to be one, two, three, four, five, five actually exclusive items for five different stores or shopping areas. You have to go to these different shopping sites or um, things to get these different items, which I hate when they do this. Uh, That's no. like when they release the Forks Awakens with like six different packages and six different features on different ones because everybody wanted to have an exclusive. Yeah, well, and, they, and they did the same thing with with like a lot of the Marvel movies. Uh, and, but and it's like, why? Yeah, just yeah. why? That's because the retailer wants to um, say, hey, if you come see us, we can give you this. Yeah, and it'll all be on YouTube next week anyway. Yeah, but um, did you guys flip through this article after I put it up there at all? Uh, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. yeah. The first one here looks amazing. The Star Wars Smart R two D two. This is the way it reads. I'll I'll read it all to you guys in a minute. But it reads like it's um the Sphero BB eight, but an R two D two. Yeah, because it says here that um it's ninety nine dollars, which is actually a better price point. One hundred dollars is a better price point than BB eight was. But right. um you bring on your very own, bring home your very own astromech droid with this programmable interactive R two D two. Download the accompanying app to control his movements and actions. Um, listen to R two D two respond to your voice with expressive sound effects. Watch as the R two D two shakes in fear of Darth Vader. The smart R two D two even recognizes music and dances along with the lyrics of your favorite songs. Um, that needs four batteries that's normal and it's iOS and Android but this one's exclusive to Walmart that's the only place you can get it okay so um, the next one they have the Star Wars Black Series 6 inch Jin Erso Mountain Base Edition um, coming in at $25 this one's a um, a skilled warrior in the Rebel Alliance Jin Erso is on a mission to destroy the Death Star this collectible 6 inch figure features extensive articulation and detail which most of the 6 inch figures do including a new poncho and hat as seen in the film fans can connect an additional Star Wars Black Series figure to the diorama base to create the ultimate collection um, and then it, this one's exclusive to Kmart, Kmart. now have you seen these yeah well have you seen the deluxe 
um, six-inch figures like this one is, where it comes with a base and other things. Yeah. Actually, I was at Kmart the other day, and they had a um, Kylo Ren, and I think it was a Jyn Erso from um, from Starkiller Base. And they were on a snowy, uh, a snow base thing that you sat on that other figures can attach to also. Huh. To basically build your own large or six-inch um, scale diorama. Interesting. So that's why this is the 25 instead of the standard, because most of the six-inch Black Series are the 20 the twenty dollar mark. Right. Um, then next up, we have a Star Wars Black Series Shadow Trooper helmet. This is the first. I, have you guys heard the term Shadow Trooper with Rogue One yet? Yes. Yeah. I, I've always heard them as the Death Troopers, but this is actually the Black Troopers are Shadow Troopers, according to this. Well, they, they've been calling them Death Troopers with everything else. Um, Probably they just don't want to put that on kids' toys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, because the, the Hero Series um, 12-inch, I mean, they're going to have a 12-inch Imperial Death Trooper Hero Series action figure. Okay. Um, you know, according to Hasbro. So, I mean... I, I th- then maybe this is a little different. I, I think I this helmet does, does the helmet look like the Death Trooper helmet, or does it look like a Stormtrooper helmet? It looks like a standard Stormtrooper helmet, just black. Now, there, I've heard talks that the Shadow Troopers were going to make an appearance in Rogue One. Okay. Now, well, this the, one says. Um, I just well, don't know ahead. what the Sorry. I don't know what the difference is going to be between this Shadow Trooper and the Death Trooper. Yeah. Well, that's something we have to find out here in a couple months. Yeah. Well, it says you disguise your voice with the Shadow Warrior from the um, like the Shadow. Warrior warrior. Oh, this is only a single person then sounds like, because it's not plural there. It says disguise your voice like the Shadow Warrior from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Intimidate the Rebel Alliance with mirrored lenses and exclusive black stormtrooper deco. Uh, press a button to activate voice-changing technology for several seconds, allowing for hands-free play. Uh, it requires three AA batteries. That's just the de- other detail stuff there, but this one's exclusive to Amazon. Okay. So that that may actually, um, the Shadow Trooper may be a one person is a shadow tro- the Shadow Trooper. The way they describe it here unless that's just the marketing guy didn't know what he was talking about which is not a surprise if that's true yeah I wouldn't be surprised I mean look at look at how the you know previews are done for most of the men, uh, most of the comic companies it's like yeah and those guys actually do know what's coming yeah but we, I mean so we've, we got, we've talked to creators and they've said yeah what's written and what and how you know that's based on the the pitch for the story or pitch for the issue and it changes a little bit before the actual issue you know when the actual issue comes out so well they got uh, two more on the list and two more um, different stores. You got the Star Wars Nerf um, Captain Cassian Andor Blaster. $80. Gear up for battle against the Galactic Empire with a customizable blaster for almost any mission. When the battle escalates, attach the scope, stock, or barrel for enhanced precision and targeting. Features exclusive to, or it features an exclusive blue tech deco and six dart clip with 12 glow-in-the-dark darts for nighttime operations. And this one's exclusive to Target. I've not picked up any of the um, Star Wars Nerf, but if Nerf's making a blaster, you know it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a I, bunch of the regular nerf. I, I'm, There's I'm, only one uh, one I've ever seen that it wasn't fantastic. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at the the pictures of them in the. I'm assuming this is them in the uh, target flyer. Uh, they're like okay. red. Oh yeah. Um, one one almost looks like your your traditional E11 uh, blaster, and the other one looks like a, a heavier blaster. Okay. So yeah, I didn't have the picture up yet. So oh, there we go. Oh yeah. So that's that's gonna be interesting. So, yep. And then there's one more on the list here. It's the 
um, Star Wars Black Series six inch Imperial hover tank pilot at twenty dollars, yeah. which is back to the standard six inch price point. Um, an elite soldier for the Galactic Empire. This exclusive six inch scale Imperial hover tank pilot features um, articulated movements and true to the story detail. Uh, recreate the battle of the battles from Rogue One: A Star Wars Story with exclusive army building. This exclusive army building unit and new pilot character class. Then this one's exclusive to Toys R Us. So basically, every store that carries toys, the big box stores, has an exclusive at this point. Yeah, including yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, they're all getting their own thing. Now, I, I know Derek brought up a, another interesting uh, set of collectible stuff that's coming out. Is this coming out Force Friday as well, or or just uh, just? Out? I'm not actually sure if it's coming out on Force Friday or not. Um, I don't uh, see it listed anywhere. Yeah, yeah, was, I, I'm seeing it uh, at the bottom of the store. It's coming out on the 30th. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a little excited about these myself. Um, uh, I'm sure most people know Revel models. Um, they've been around for a while. Yep. They're coming out with a line of uh, some new Star Wars models from their moving parts lines, uh, which include some interesting features like lights and sounds and moving parts. Yeah. Uh, they're all, it looks like they're all uh, snap mod- snap type models, which I've been doing some of theirs recently, and, and uh, like my father would hate them because he's an old style modeler that likes to use the old the glue and the I think yeah. he used to like to sniff the glue but anyway uh, these are snapped together and they have uh, a rebel U-wing fighter pilot which it's is the new, the new fighter in the movie yeah yeah and the pictures I didn't even realize they definitely it's definitely uh, different than what I originally had seen yeah with, with like just the single pictures that look kind of like something out of Buck Rogers mm-hmm. yeah but yeah this one looks this looks really cool it has uh, move, moving wings and and then the, next, the first time I've ever seen that the wings swing all the way back like that. Yeah. yeah. I knew yeah. they moved in some way, but I didn't know exactly what they did. Yeah. That's the first time I've seen it, too. And I'm like, I did not realize that's what happened. Is this, am I right? In one of the trailers, they actually show the wings actually um, standing up almost. So this will can land on the ground. Yes. So the wings no, actually move up and, dark, straight up and down, was... but then also swing back behind for um, light. I, no, I think that was a different ship. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think that they showed it. They showed it quickly. The wings swinging out, but they didn't show the full what it looked think... like with it. I don't think they're going okay. up. Uh, I think I think what you saw was a uh, another shuttle type ship. Okay. And these these are great prices too. That one's only twenty dollars. And then there's uh, this one I'm really excited about an Imperial Star Destroyer. Yeah. That it lights up and it's actually a New Hope uh, Star Destroyer from a New Hope, which is cool. And it's, and it's also got um, soundboard in it. Apparently. Yeah, too. soundboard. Yeah. Light up engines, movable gun turrets, and audible, audible engine vibrations and turbo laser fire. Yeah. Well, this is interesting too. It's Seven or fifteen and three quarters inches long. I know that's yeah. awesome. This thing's massive for um, one of the snap type models. Uh, ah, yeah. I gotta get this one. It's thirty bucks. That's which is not bad for that. Yeah, and then the and the then, eight, the, the Adact cargo yeah. walker because that one's interesting too. Because the original walker is an Adact, not an ATAT. Yes, that's what we've always known it as. So yeah, these, these are pretty awesome. I, I, I'm curious about the the Adact. Now, uh, be curious to see how that plays out in the movie yeah me too so yeah well that i never noticed on the um trailers on that one that the um the pods on the side that actually slide it looks like it's like a cargo container that just slides in yeah, yeah. Get, we're getting a lot more detail on some of this stuff that wasn't in any of the trailers or anything else yet yeah yeah which i'm loving um speaking of movies uh ken you had something about golden uh, the golden sack golden sacks conferences yes um bob Iger was actually um meet, met with kathleen kennedy uh, before the 
the, this week Goldman Sachs, um, who anybody knows if um, there's investor investments being made anywhere, they go through Goldman Sachs. And Goldman Sachs had a conference this week with um, all their investors and basically all the entertainment companies brought to them what's going on, basically what they have coming up. So Bob Iger had to, met with Kathleen Kennedy to, uh, before this and um, brought to the investors that um, and they mapped out what the Star Wars movies are going to do from 2021 and beyond. Now, we know since Disney bought the company that they had a plan up through 2020. We got the right. three saga films and three anthology films, right. which at this point we now know are Star Wars stories, not anthology officially. Now, wh- but, what, um, kill- what kills me, though, with this is you know, they, they tout Iger confirms the third anthology. It's like, well, it was there to begin with, so why are you guys being idiots on, on this one and touting, oh, he's confirming. It was already confirmed. Because that's called clickbait. They get more people yeah. to check out their um, site if they put a headline like that in it and then, cha- then tell you the real story in the article. Exactly. They get paid all as soon as you click it, they get paid. Whether or not you read the article, it doesn't matter. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say this now then. This is for clickbait. We're awesome. <laughs> there. There's our clickbait. Exactly. Well, um, it says um, to that end about um, moving forward with the stuff, the studio has already announced um, two more planned sequels, which we already know about, as well as the um, rest of the saga films so far. Um, they've also found a writer for the spinoff. Let me see. If, let me get past. Okay, this is just there. Um, the Disney chief said he has recently saw, um, saw a rough cut of um, Rogue One, and um, and it's interesting the way he says this. He said, the quote from Iger is, after seeing a rough cut, is it's really interesting in terms of Star Wars storytelling. Um, Star Wars has only been told as a saga. This is a, a one moment in time, and we love what we've seen. So, But it's weird that he's saying, uh, the first thing he said was, it's really interesting in terms of storytelling. He didn't come out initially and say, this was the greatest thing ever, this movie's fantastic. No, he said, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting response, I think. It, uh, but, um, go ahead. But you know, it's still part of the saga, though. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's not one that's going to have a continuation in its own trilogy or sequel, but it it, it does fit in the saga. I mean, if it, it fits yeah. in the, this would be, if you gave it a label, this would be episode 3.5. Well, kind of, because you got to think, the episodic films of Star Wars at this point are the Skywalker saga. This story is a side tangent that really has nothing to do with the Skywalker family. Right, right. The, 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 the films that are just called Star Wars, the episodic Star Wars films, are to this point, the Skywalker's lineage. Right, right. That's why, that's why I said Now, going it, on know, to the next trilogy, if they decide to do it, which it, they probably are, I mean, the, as long as these things keep making billions of dollars, they're going to keep making them. Right. So once we go to the next trilogy, we may not be the Skywalker saga anymore, maybe something else. But as of right now, we've had three trilogies of Skywalker, two trilogies, and then the first of the three, and then it's all Skywalker. Right. So this is the first movie that's not directly in the Skywalker lineage. Yeah. So that's where they're making the delineation. So, um, uh, there. It says, um, Iger also stressed that Rogue One, which unfolds nearly, or unfolds before Star- the first Star Wars, which everybody already knew, but he's talking to investors, not the actual fans, um, is not expected to match the box office returns of Force Awakens, which is another one that's no big, um, not a huge news story. Right, right. Um, this is all stuff that we already knew. It's going to make good money. It's going to make its money back. But we've seen this with Marvel films, too. The, um, not every movie is going to make $2 billion. Right. They're going to make their money back. They're going to make extra money for you. But they, this Rogue One, I, I'd be in- interesting to see how fast it actually hits a billion. It may only hit just over a billion if it does that. Right. 
If it does seven hundred fifty million, I'd be. I think that was awesome for this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is, um, is it going to come close to Force Awakens numbers? No, but is it going to be no a, way? Is it going to be a holiday hit? I think so. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, especially this this year. If you look at the actual true holiday season, it, and actually Geekwatch won this week, we're going to be talking about the movies for the last quarter. There's not a whole lot of huge tentpole films coming. We no. have um, what was it? We have Doctor yeah. Strange in the beginning of November. Yeah. So you got another month and a half before. Rogue One hits. Right. Um, then Harry Potter, the um, Fantastic Beasts is early November also, isn't it? I think so. The only two I can think of off the top of my head, because I've not pulled up the list yet, that um, is December is um, Assassin's Creed, which is going to make good money, but it's nowhere near Star Wars money. Yeah, no. Right. And then Rogue One. Rogue One's the only huge tentpole thing hitting in December. Uh, right. So that's what that's what's going to actually drive the sales of this up is the same thing we had last year of um, the Force Awakens landed then everybody went on vacation and what do you do in winter vacation you go see movies yeah you go see Star Wars well this is going to have that same thing boosting the numbers which is awesome I'm I, I'm so of the camp that you know what we just release make December the new Star Wars month release all your movies mid December so you get that extra boost through the vacation time I'm totally good with that so a um, couple other things he put in here the um, he touted about how much money that Force Awakens actually made. Um, then he says here, we never felt that it would actually do the level the Force Awakens did, he said. But based on the response of trailers and posters, he also says, quote, the level of interest in Rogue One is as high as, is as, high as the Force Awakens was. So the level of interest is there, but it's is that going to translate into money? Um, the other thing they point out for Force or Rogue One was um, it's battle to bad publicity, which we covered already some, um, with all the reports of the massive reshoots. Felicity Jones, um, or this is just describes it She's a part of the Rebel Alliance getting the plans of the Death Star. But you guys did hear about the other change that's been made in the last couple of weeks also, didn't you? Um, they had a change of composers. Yeah, yeah, I did hear oh, that. No, I didn't Desplat hear is, that. Yeah, Desplat is out, and um, Gaiachino was actually, Michael Ga- or Gaiachino was actually put in his place. Um, supposedly, oh. according to the to Lucasfilm and them, it's because of a scheduling conflict with the reshoots. Uh, the reshoots moved the um, scoring dates back by about two weeks or so, and that put Gaiachino in conflict with something else he had going on. Hmm. Or not Gaiachino, um, to Splat. Yeah. So, um, but looking between the lines on some other stuff, you look at um, some of the other movies this Splat's done, and really, it's a lot darker, a lot grittier type of soundtrack usually that he's writing. Whereas Michael Gaiachino is more, um, he's a self-described John Williams fan. He's loved yeah. John Williams. That's why he got into writing movies. And you look at the movies he's done. He's done some huge tentpole films, yeah. and um, he's J.J. Abrams' go-to director or composer. Yeah. So this is a guy that actually fits for Star Wars at this point. Well, speaking of. Of a fit for Star Wars. Uh, there's a book coming out on the 27th. Uh, it's the art of Star Wars art. Ralph McQuarrie. Um, it, it's going sh- to. It's his artwork from developing the original concepts of characters such as Vader and C3PO to matte paintings to the standard look and feel of the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, even to this day, you know, McQuarrie's style and concepts are still used to inspire, uh, like Star Wars Rebels and Force Awakens, because uh, the X-wings of Force Awakens came. Pretty Pretty much right from Macquarie, um, from his his stuff. Uh, but this, these books are going to have uh, over two thousand pieces of artwork in this two book collection, sure. um, which is going to be absolutely amazing. That is, uh, that's awesome. I'm not sure what the price price point is, but two books this size, uh, it's going to be up there. Mm, yeah, I mean, especially since it comes with a nice uh, cloth bound slipcase as well. Uh, it's going to weigh in at more than twenty one. Pounds. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's so um, awesome, though. But coming comic wise, uh, 
because I think we're going to start wrapping up. Um, Yoda's secret history is finally officially being revealed. Uh, apparently in in December was Star Wars number two. Holy moly. What's that? So I just I just brought up Amazon. That Star Wars art Ralph McQuarrie is up on Amazon ready to go. Uh-huh. $192. Oh, it'd be so worth it. It almost sounds like yeah, a Star Wars. The, the list price is $250. Amazon's is $192. It almost, it almost sounds like uh, when the Star Wars Vault book came out. Oh, yeah. Give it give it time, though. Price will come down. Because uh, yeah. I, picked, I picked up the Vault for $20, $25. Okay. So... Well, they also have oh, the original wow. Art of Ralph McQuarrie book from 2007 as $3,000 here on hardcover. Oh. And it's just used because it's out of print. Yeah. And that's why yeah. it costs so much because it's out of print. Yeah. Huh. Now, uh, at the moment, it's not out of print. It's probably at the printers. Um, but yeah, so this one is, yes. December, December Star Wars number 26 is going to begin exploring Yoda's backstory with an interlude issue. And um, it will be, uh, and the best part is we're going to see just what Yoda got up to in the years immediately preceding the Phantom Menace. Uh, Jason Aaron is 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 in charge of this issue. Because uh, I want to say issue 25 is going to be an R2-D2 issue. Um, the challenge was uh, I think this is you know, Jason Aaron who recently revealed to StarWars.com uh, the challenge was to do something with Yoda that we haven't seen before. I really wanted to see what it was like when Yoda was going out into the galaxy and beating the Jedi. The story takes place before, before the Clone Wars and it's set in a world that we've never seen before. Uh, I was always just intrigued by that idea. You know, we've seen Yoda as the teacher and as a wise Jedi master, but I wanted to see Yoda as just the Jedi. So this puts him on a very unusual adventure. Uh, I don't know if we've got, if we put a pin in exactly when it will take place. It does take place before the Phantom Menace, and we do get a brief appearance by Gwygon and the young Obi-Wan, so hopefully that will help date it. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is pretty cool. Uh, the art looks great. Salvador is doing a great job with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, so, now, what else is coming in December? Well, how about this? It is classified, according to Marvel at the moment, according to the solicits, um, Star Wars number one and number two, um, part of a new ongoing series that's being written by Karen Gillian. Okay. And the artist and, and cover is being done by Kev Walker. So, but it's going to be Would this part- be actress Karen Gillian? No, no, it's okay. Uh, Irish is he Irish or Scottish? I don't know. I just I, wanted I to make sure. Remember. I was like, wait a minute. That's I only knew the one Karen Gillian. No, he's yeah, he's a he's a comic book writer. Yeah. Uh, also, too, uh, for the December. A solicits, pretty good one too, I might say. Yeah. Uh, for the Star Wars solicits for December, Poe Dameron number nine, and as we just talked about, Star Wars number twenty six. Uh, we're also going to get a Legends Epic Collection Clone Wars Volume One number one trade paperback and Star Wars Volume 4 trade paperback uh, for number 4 uh, which is going to cover uh, issues 20 through 25 uh, and then there is a Star Wars box set slipcase uh, s- according to the solicit celebrate Star Wars with a box set that you'll need to be a force strong need to be force strong to lift enjoy <laughs> adaptations of every film in the series so far plus a prelude to the Force Awakens follow Luke Skywalker and his fellow rebels into an all new series with the f- with the first collection of Marvel's best selling Star Wars series and turn and turn to the dark side with Darth Vader's own debut volumes the savior the 
savor a stunning gallery of Star Wars covers by Marvel's greatest artists. It's the ultimate celebration of cinema's greatest sci-fi epic in comic book form. Includes Star Wars Episode One uh, premiere premiere hardcover uh, hardcover Star Wars Two hardcover Star Wars Three hardcover Star Wars Four hardcover Star Wars Five hardcover Six hardcover Journey to the to the Force Awakens Shattered Empire premiere hardcover The Force Awakens adaptation hardcover Star Wars Volume One premiere hardcover Star Wars Darth Vader Volume One premiere hardcover Star Wars Heroes for a New Hope premiere hardcover Star Wars the Marvel covers Volume One premiere hardcover and Star Wars box set poster price on this three hundred and fifty dollars. But that's that's a lot. Makes that, yeah, uh, that's a Ralph that's McQuarrie a, book look cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now between now and the next episode, uh, we have Han Solo number four, uh, which is written by Marjorie L- Liu and penciler is Mark Brooks. I have no description of this episode of this issue, and uh, also coming from Jason Aaron and Jorge Molina or George Molina, uh, the Rebel uh, Star Wars number twenty three. The rebels have pulled off the impossible they have stolen a star destroyer but why to what end can they hold hold her together and who's in charge of this madness anyway on or leia i love that i love that they stole a star destroyer yeah i i'm just i'm we're, we're gonna have to do an, an episode on just the star wars comics you know the the backstory yeah yeah i, I almost want to do it at celebration if, if you guys are going to be able to go <laughs> that would be so awesome to do and get, yeah. get the folks from marvel in as well and just sit down and discuss um but no a lot of people were concerned. Well, you know, Marvel had big shoes to fill after Dark Horse had it for so long. Um, there's only been one or two that have been a little worrisome. C-3PO, the one shot. Yeah. Five bucks for a free comic book day book. Yeah. My opinion. Oh, God. That was, no. Um, Kane, the Kanan series, um, originally was supposed to be a five, five issue and stretched out into 12. Um, they probably should have just left it at the five because the first five were great. And it's like, okay, now we know the backstory. And then they spent the next Next, the next seven issues almost doing the same thing they did with the first five. It's like, but why are we almost retelling the same story? It, it's I don't know. Uh, those are the only two that I haven't been the the most impressed with. Yeah. Well, so. what the nice thing is, Marvel took over right as um, right as they were starting the new canon. Yeah. So they didn't have to right, worry yeah. about paying attention to what had come before. Right. They had a clean slate to start, and they started it nice and slow. They didn't start putting out three different or five different series all at once. Right. They put it. They decided okay. Star Wars is the main title. That's our main book. Right. And then since then, other than Vader and Vader Down, the rest of them have been short five issue runs or six issue runs mo- for the most part. Right. And it's like okay, give this let this team work on. Okay, give me a story arc. Give me a beginning, a middle, and an end. Make it all work, and then make the book. Well, they, they've, so they've had, not had to worry about too much. Well, they've had three ongoing monthlies. Yeah. Quote unquote. Star Wars is still the ongoing, and it looks like it's going to be around for a while. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Vader's wrapping up with twenty five. So mm-hmm. just over two years, because uh, there were a couple months that it re- they released two issues in one month. Um, but two years with Vader, nice run. I mean, and it was mm-hmm. a great. It's, it's been a great series. Uh, I'm sorry to see it go. I mean, Kanan ran for twelve issues. Um, originally it was supposed to be a five. Uh, it went twelve. Uh, Poe Dameron's most likely going to be a twelve issue run. Um, and of course, now made the announcement with the solicits, a new ongoing series coming in December. So you know, one, and of course, right now. We got Han Solo wraps in November. No, yes, wraps in 
November. Um, we've got uh, November or October? I think October. Uh, we, we've got Force Awakens that wraps, I believe, in November uh, mm-hmm. with, with issue six, five or six. So, I mean, we, we still got the minis, and, and I think it's great. I mean, Lando was a decent series. Leia was phenomenal, with, written yeah. by Mark Wade. That was phenomenal. Uh, the the nice crossover event with with um, with Vader down blows away Secret Wars or or now even Civil War. I mean, still, and that was a Star Wars crossover with less titles. It was great. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, it's I, I don't see I don't see where Marvel's done anything wrong with the Star Wars stuff yet. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I'm very optimistic about that. Uh, I think yeah. if they stay in the similar pattern to where they're at now, they're going to do well for years because they're not yeah. flooding the market. Yeah, I mean, J- Jason Aaron. Could, could he? Could this be a long-term thing for him? Like uh, Thor seems to be, and hopefully Doctor Strange will be. I hope I so. That. I hope so. But there is going to come that day where Aaron's done, and it might have to switch to someone else. I, I'm just afraid who's going to have to step in and fill his shoes. So Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my answer. Anytime you need someone new to step in and be creative, Dave Filoni. Yeah. So uh, let him fun- be. Let him be the Jeff Johns for Star Wars in general. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh yes. Just one thing. As of the time of this recording, it is now officially Mark Hamill's birthday. So happy birthday, Mark. Uh, I got a great gift for you if you want to come on the show and accept it. That sounds cool and creepy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually want him to come on the show. <laughs> we got candy. <laughs> the dark side has cookies. Hey, he's, he plays the Joker. He can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you? I have one final thought, and I've already given it, but I'm going to give it again. Dave Filoni. That's the answer. <laughs> and on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Six, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I've placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs>